0: This afternoon, we thank you, Lord, for a great day like this. We thank you, Father, for Lighthouse Chapel International. We thank you, Father, for directing our path. You say the steps of the righteous they are ordered by the Lord. Father, we are thankful and grateful to you that you ordered our steps to be in this church. We thank you, Lord, for the great gift that you have given us. The great gift of a pastor. Father, we thank you for the life of the bishop. We thank you, O Lord, for this wonderful church. We thank you for this blessed church. Father, as we have gathered here once again, we ask, O Lord, that you speak to our hearts and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? I thought somebody was trying to clap for Jesus. Wonderful. A good clap for Jesus. Yes. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Keep preaching. Well, this afternoon, we want to continue or finish a message that I began. We just have to end because next week is our feeding 527, so, but I began sharing with you, um, the word of God is your light, the word of God is your light, and indeed, the word of God is our light, hallelujah, the word of God, last week we were sharing that it is a manual for our life, amen, it is a manual that God has given us to live our lives. Hallelujah. God did not create us and just left us to be on our own and to figure things out our own way. But he gave us his word. He gave us the Bible. And last week we were saying that the Bible, unlike any other book, has something to say about every aspect of the human life. And... Last week, you you will testify with me that we began going through even before we were conceived. Before we were conceived, God had something to say about our lives. And when we were in the womb, God had something to say about our lives. Hallelujah. When we were born, God had something to say about our lives. And as a child, God knew how we should raise the child, how to feed the child, that God expected that the child should receive breast milk. And all of that is addressed in the Bible. Amen. Amen. If you read other books, they will tell you to give your baby different kinds of things. Do you understand? But the true word of God, it tells you even how to feed an infant. Amen. And how, what time the infant comes off the breast. Hallelujah, we shared all of that. I will encourage you to listen to the message, and I know you'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we said that God has something to tell us every stage of our lives, even when we become teenagers, when we are growing up and we think we know it all, and we know better than the people who are even ahead of us. And we become disrespectful because of that thinking. God has something to say to us about that. When we go to college, when we are in school, growing up in school, God has something to tell us. Isn't that amazing? Yes. God has something to tell us how to raise our children as parents. Every stage, God has something to tell us how to raise our children. Amen. Amen. And we came to a stage where we were talking about the adult life also. And what we shared was that the child's life is not like the adult's life. Amen. And as we saw how God had said various things about the child, right from the preborn to the womb and to postpartum, or after birth, how that God has some things to say about a child and how to raise a child, you realize that instructions to the child are not as many as instructions to the adult. And what we said was that the adult's instructions ought to be so because decisions or steps that are taken by the adult can be very critical it can be very critical because we said that as you go up decisions you make become very critical if a child is learning to walk you know he may take certain decisions that are not so wise do you see as walking into a wall you know he will bump into a wall and possibly the worst thing that may happen to the child is some swelling on your head do you understand The child may even try to go downstairs. You see, and children can fall like that. And they can even sustain fractures, broken bones. But they heal so quickly. They heal. God is so amazing. And so instructions for children, they are not so critical. They also have someone to overlook them. Amen. The instructions for adults are critical. When you go higher, when you are learning to walk, the instructions don't touch this, don't go here, don't stand up until you can stand firmly on your feet. You may disobey that and stand up. You realize that you just will fall down. Do you understand? Crawl until you are able to build strength in your legs and stand. Amen. But as you grow up, you know, you're also going to learn how to drive or you're going to learn even how to walk outside, outside of your home. And you will learn to look left and right and look the left again before you cross the street. You will learn all of that. You, they will teach you to obey street signs and all kinds of things. But as you are going higher, if you want to go higher than that, like flying... You can go to the motor vehicle and say, you know, my, my wife just, or my, 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 my husband just taught me how to drive and I can drive, so give me a license to fly. You see, if you go to the motor vehicle and you say, your, you know, your, your friend has taught you how to drive and you are ready to drive, they say, okay, let's go, we will test you. But they will not do that with flying. You can't just come and say, I've done a written, and so I'm ready, give me driving lessons for two weeks and now let's test to see if I can fly. They can't do that with you because it is very critical. When you make mistakes higher it is very critical. Amen. Amen. And so you realize that the pilot's instructions, they are very precise. You can afford to make mistakes as you grow. And as adults, you cannot afford to make mistakes as you grow. That is why the word of God becomes so important in the adults' life. Amen. Amen. The word of God becomes so important as you grow up. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we said that when a manual is written for anything, it is so that you will obtain an optimal benefit from whatever the object is. So for instance, if you buy a phone, for instance, or you buy any device, you buy a car, most of you have bought cars that have complex things in the car. You look at the dashboard, it has a lot of complex things. And some of you, you bought a car without a manual. There was no manual. The the car didn't come with a manual. And so there are so many things right in front of you, but you don't know how to use them. Amen. But if you read the manual carefully, you realize that the one who designed the car has written the manual to benefit you, to give you maximum benefit, even to the degree that, you know, the the, the quarrels in the car, it is too cold, it is too warm. Now you turn the heater on too much and the cold is too much. They have solved that problem if you read the manual. That you alone, you can have warm in your area and I can have cold in my area. In the same car. But because you don't read it, you don't know. And uh, you are still fighting. You are still fighting. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too hot. Even the back seat, we can adjust that the back people also have different temperature. But that is if you read the manual. And so, see, the thing is right in front of you. You can use them. But because you don't read the manual, you are still struggling. You are still struggling. Some of you have TVs and you are struggling. You, you say, I want to watch the debate. I want to watch the debate, but we are having a prayer meeting. We are having a prayer meeting and I'm going to miss the debate. You see, but you have a manual that will teach you. You can record the debate. You can, there's something called, what do you call that? DVR. It's in your manual. It's, your TV can do that, but you don't know. You don't know because you have never read a manual since you bought the TV. All you know is the power on, power off, channel 5, 2, 7, 11, 13, 12. That is all you want. And so, you see, there's so much you can benefit from it, but you don't read the manual, so you are losing. Amen. We also say that the manual is written also to prevent us from or to avoid trial and error. Trial and error can be very costly. Amen. Amen. And as an adult, your life cannot be trial and error. Every stage of your life as an adult is so critical with decision-making such that you can afford to use trial and error method. That is why God has written a manual to guide you About everything. About everything. Amen. Amen. About everything. Hallelujah. God has written that manual to guide you in your decision making. Hallelujah. We read a scripture in Psalm 119, verse 105. That is our foundation scripture. Let us read that. Psalm 119 and verse number 105. It says, Thy word... Is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God, the word of God is a lamp unto whose feet? feet. Say my feet. feet. Point to your neighbor and say your feet. feet. Amen. Amen. The word of God is a light unto your feet. The word of God is a light unto your feet. Now we say that as for the feet, everyone has them. Everyone has them. And once you have feet, you will walk. Do you understand? You will walk. You may walk in two directions. Either you are walking in darkness or you are walking in a light. You can choose which direction to go. You can choose to walk in darkness or you can choose to walk in light. Now the Bible says that which prevents you from walking in darkness is the word of God. It says the word of God is a lamp to your feet. The word of God will tell your feet which steps to take. That means every step that you take is guided by the word of God. And the moment that word is missing, you will go in darkness. Because the only light, or if you're not going in darkness, then you are going to do try and error. Try and error. And see if what you pick is okay. Amen. And we say try and error can be very costly. It can be very dangerous. When you walk in darkness... You may choose something that you never intended to choose. Amen. Amen. Try and error can be very costly. Hallelujah. Sometimes try and error can leave a very permanent scar on you. It can leave a permanent scar. It can leave a scar that you will carry on for a long time. Hallelujah. When we are walking in darkness... You are just feeling things to see if it is okay. You are feeling things to see if it is okay. You can trip and then you will bump your head and it will leave you with a scar and that scar can be there for a long time. But you can have light and avoid that tripping. If there is light, you will not trip. Hallelujah. So we were saying that sometimes certain steps, they are better not taking if there is no light. If you don't have the word of God concerning that step, do, it's better not to take it. Because the move that you make can be in darkness. God, Amen. Amen. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? The word of God is powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is your light. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things that make many people not care about the word of God is sufficiency and prosperity. That is one of the things that makes so many people not care about the word of God. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10. It says, When thou hast eaten and art full, Then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. You know, there are so many people, they have come into this country and they don't bless the Lord their God for the good land which he has given them. Verse 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments. Be very careful. It says, Beware. That thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgment. This is the word of God. It is always a light to your path. It is always a lamp on your feet. It is that which will guide you. So God says, when you have eaten and you are full, be careful. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God and his word, his commandments and his judgment and his statutes. Which I command thee this day. Lest, When thou hast eaten, and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy heads and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage a lot of us, we have forgotten where we came from. We have forgotten where the Lord brought us from. A lot of us, you have forgotten where you were a few years ago. Amen. He says, that thou forget not the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Verse 15 says, the who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein?" Were fiery serpents and scorpions and drows where there was no water. Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint? Some of you, God has brought water out of the rock for you, for you. He says, but don't forget. You were praying, you were studying his word, you were in church constantly when you did not have water, when you could not get water to drink. But he says, Don't forget. Verse 16. He says, "Who fed thee in the wilderness with manner which thy father knew not, that ye might humble thee? Some of you, you are eating foods that your fathers have never eaten before. You are drinking, you are drinking things that your father has never drink, drank before. You are drinking all kinds of. You have choices. You have choices. I don't want this. I don't. Your fathers, they have not even seen these drink before." He gave you all these things to drink. Amen. Amen. He says, you, there were times that you were in the wilderness. You were in the wilderness. And how many of you have been in the wilderness before? I have been in the wilderness before. Five people have never been in the wilderness. But you see, you don't understand wilderness. Where there are scorpions, there are serpents. Affliction. Difficulties. Challenges. He says, he did this that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. It is for your own sake to do you good at your latter end. At thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand had gotten me this wealth. That is what we say. You see, and that is why a lot of people don't come to church. Because, you see, I am teaching you something. They say, it is my power, my power, and my hard work which has gotten me these things. So, a lot of times when people are coming to church, there are people that choose to stay home. They don't come. If they believe, if they believe the next scripture, because that is why I am telling you that the word of God is your light. The word of God is your light. When it comes to your poverty or prosperity, the word of God is your guide. It will guide you. So verse 18, he says, but you shall remember, thou shall remember that the Lord thy God. He said, thou shall remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto the fathers as it is this day. It is God who will give you the power to make wealth. That you need to know also. Your God who created you, the one who knew you before you were formed in your womb, your prosperity, it will not come by your power. It will not come by your hard work. He says, It is He who giveth the power to get wealth. It is God who will give you power to get wealth. Hallelujah. Amen. Last week, we began talking about marriage. You see, prosperity and marriage, they are big things in the adult's life. Do you understand? They are big things in the adult. And so the, the Word of God has a lot to say about marriage. God has a lot to say about marriage. Amen. And anyone who endeavors or anyone who is in this relationship must know the Word of God concerning that thing. We are saying that God has written his word concerning every aspect of your life. If you are entering in marriage or you are in marriage or you plan to enter into marriage, you should know what the word of God says about marriage. Amen. Isn't that so? Yes. yes, last week we were looking at the biblical reasons even for marriage. And we read in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, that it is to solve the problem of loneliness. God's reason for marriage was to solve the problem of loneliness. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. It is not good. Say, it is not good. It is not good. This is what God said. The one who created you, the one who formed thee, the one who knew you before you were formed in a womb, he said that it is not good for the man to be alone. Ah, ah. Amen. Amen. But you, you want to be alone. Oh, okay. God says it is not good for the man to be alone. Some of you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you have the companion, you have company, but you are doing all you can to be alone. But God is saying it is not good for the man to be alone. You say, I want to be alone. I want to be by myself. I need my space. I want to, uh, give me some time to be alone. It is not good any time, any day for the man to be alone. God is the one that said it. But you are doing everything in your capacity to be alone. You are doing all you can to be alone. He says, it is not good that the man should be alone. So I will make him and help meet for him. Amen. God said it's not good for you to be alone. So he gave you a companion. Amen. So the woman also should know the reason why God gave you to the man. If you are entering into this relationship called marriage, then understand the reason behind that. This is one of the reasons that God said it's not good for the man to be alone. That is why he created you. So if you are a woman that is not giving company to your husband, if you are a woman that is not found in the company of your husband, you are completely out of your... (laughs) What a shock. Well, it is, it is true to say that you are out of the will of God. Amen. And if you are a man that is also not allowing your wife to be in your company, and you are alone, you are also out of the will of God. Because God's will is that you give company to the man, and God's will is that you have the company of the woman. Is somebody understanding? Because you see... Somebody left his wife alone. Somebody went somewhere and left his wife alone. And what happened was not a good thing. You want to know who was there? He has only one name. He doesn't have a last name. He only has a first name. His name is Adam. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that Adam went out somewhere. Adam was not there. And the wife who was supposed to be in his company all the time, the wife who was supposed to be a company, the man decided to be alone. And someone else visited the woman. Somebody came to visit the woman. And what happened was not a pleasant thing. We don't have time to go into all of that. but uh, Amen. So it's not good for the man to be alone. And woman, don't stay home and say, I I, I can't go with you because you need to buy me a new pair of dress or a, a new pair of shoes. If you want me to accompany you, if you want me to go with you, then you have to buy me, I have to go and do my hair. If you are not giving me money to go, you are not made to do your hair. You are made to be a company. So whatever your hair is, just follow and be a company. Amen. Do your roster. Just twist it around and then be a company. Amen. Because let me tell you if you leave the man to be alone, he is falling out of the will of God. And what will come back to you, you will not like it. If the man goes alone, what he comes back with, you will not like it. Amen. You were made to be a companion. God created you to be a companion. The next reason, it says, to be a helpmeet. You are a helpmeet for Him. You Hallelujah. Amen. You are an appropriate help. You are the kind of help that the man needs. Wow. Amen. It means that the man is never sufficient on his own. The man is never sufficient of his, on his own. Then There's a need for the woman to be by the man. You know, if I, go, if I go somewhere, if I go to a wedding or something like that with my wife, we will go and enjoy the wedding and then we will come back home, you know, and then you will ask me, how was the wedding? And then I say, oh, it was very beautiful, very nice. Nicely organized. Everything was beautiful. That is probably the best I can tell you. But you see, when you want more, when you want more out of me, then you have to go to the help that is meet for me to get more of what happened at the wedding. Wow. Do you understand? Yes. So then if I refer you, you say, how? but how was the bride's lace? You say, go to my help meet for me. She was with me. She was my companion. She would give you the details. And then she would give you the details, she says, oh, there were some crystals in the lace. And the way the, the lace was falling and flowing, you know, it was really flowing. I don't know what is flowing gown. I don't know how gowns flow. Do you understand? And then you ask me, how was, what, what was the theme? What was the theme of the wedding? I don't know what is the theme, but my help, that is me. my help. She will give you all the details. She would tell you the, the hairstyle. She would tell you the makeup. The makeup was very nice. I never saw makeup, but I was at a wedding. So, God saw that it is not good for the man to be alone. God saw that it is never good for the man to be alone. Amen. Hallelujah. So, it's a help me. Now, how can a woman be a help me? You see, God made only one woman. God made only one woman. One woman. He could have made a lot. Look, Adam had a lot of race. God could have made a lot of women. But God made only one woman. And this one woman was to fulfill all the things that would be a help meet for the man. Somebody understanding the word of God. So the woman is supposed to be a help meet. The woman can help the man by prayer. You can help the man by prayer. It means that it means that the man's prayer. Look, it's never good for the man to be alone. So if the man is praying all by himself, it's not good enough. It's not. Good. I want you to understand the word of God. I I, I wish you understand the word of God. You see, it is not good that the man will be alone. That means anything that the man is doing and if it's by himself, it's not good. It is not good. So the woman should be a help in prayer also. The woman should be a help providing sex. Amen. The woman woman should be available for the man to have sex all the time. Not sometimes. Sometimes. I said, no, sometimes. God knows, God knows the man's hunger. Do you understand? And God made one woman. One woman. Is somebody understanding the word of God? God made one woman. That means that from morning to the evening, if the man says he needs sex, any time, seven days a week, 365 days, one woman, one withholding nothing. One woman, one woman. One woman one woman. So, so if you, if, if God created you, and I, I, I am, listen, I am teaching you something. So, if God created you alone, and you also, you have come and you have come with your schedule. You say, Sunday night. Monday, Monday, no. Monday, no. <laughs> Monday, I'm too tired. And of this, just my of this. You are out of the will of God. Look, don't say I am preaching like that because I'm a man. I'm telling you something that is in the Bible. You say it's for my own advantage. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I come to the man, you understand also. But our time. Mercy, Amen. That the woman will provide food also. The woman help providing food for the man. Look, it is not. It is not by accident. It is not by accident that a lot of men don't know how to cook. It's not by accident. It is not by chance. It is not by accident that a lot of men don't know how to cook and they are living by themselves and they are going to restaurants and spending money all the time that is why it's not good for you to be alone also Accra restaurant was not meant to be your companion meat for you amen providing food providing counsel providing counsel the woman should be a helpmate in providing counsel so if you are a man that everything you know i'm thinking about it you know i'll let you know i'm th- what is on i'm thinking about it you are you, and you are not subjecting it to the counsel of the woman it is never good for you to think alone it's not good for you to think alone whatever decision that look i said the word of god is your light the word of god is your light So this decision, this thing that I, I will let you know when I've made a decision. I will let you know. Listen, I am the man and I am making a decision concerning this. And you don't have a discussion with your wife. You don't discuss it. You don't subject it to her counseling. You are missing out big time. You are missing out big time. Amen. And, and the man, the man your, your help in counseling is not your, your friend. The help in counseling, God could have created friends for you, but he created a woman for you. A woman for you. For your counseling. God did not see that it's not good for the man to be alone, so he made him a lot of friends. He made him a lot of friends. He made him a, made him a woman, one woman to help him in all the ways every way everywhere it's not good for him to be you see the reason why the reason why you don't understand this the reason why you don't do this is because you don't believe that the word of god is your light you don't believe that and that is the reason for your suffering because the god who made you he knows that it's not good for you to be alone he knows that you need help in this decision he knows that when you are thinking, you need someone to help you think. Amen. It's not good for the woman to be al- the man to be alone. Hallelujah. The woman is also a help meet for encouragement to encourage the man. Whatever the man is doing, encourage him, help him, support him. Amen. My wife is a, my, one of my strongest encouragers. She encourages me. Amen. And you see, that is, that is the source that you can trust and believe because a lot of people, they can say some things that are not really do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is why you're counseling. You don't subject it to your friends. Who will say what you want to hear? Also, the woman is supposed to be a source of comfort. have to give you these things quickly because um, I I was hoping to share a lot of things with you. you. Amen. The woman is supposed to be a source of comfort. The woman is supposed to show hospitality. Amen. 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 You'll be a help meet in that area by performing housekeeping duties also. You see, understand the word of God and take it. And you you will be a happier person. The woman is supposed to be helping financially. Amen. So you two, you all, you come into the relationship and your money is mine. Your money and, you know, is a husband. You are the one that says you marry me, so marry me and take care of me. You're supposed to help. You realize that the man is not sufficient on his own. The man is not sufficient on his own. Financially, the man needs your help also. Amen. And socially, hallelujah. Let me give you this quickly and then we will. The next reason for marriage is to avoid fornication. To avoid fornication. And to avoid adultery. It says, now concerning verse, um, 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 1. It says, now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication... Let every man have someone's wife. Let every man have any any woman. What does the scripture say? It says, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. You know, I say that God does not put any word in the scriptures for nothing. Some of you, your eyes are on other people's husbands. Some of you men, your eyes are on other people's, other women who are not your wife and other people's wives. But the Bible says, let everyone, let every man have his own wife, his own wife. To avoid fornication, have your own wife. And every woman should have her own husband. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are guided by the word of God, you will know that having your eye on somebody's husband was not created for you. It's not, it's not God's creation. If your eyes are on somebody's husband, your eyes are on another woman besides your own wife, it's not God's creation for you. Hallelujah. I want to jump to this. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I just want to give you this, you know, the Word of God's guidance for someone who also wants to marry. If you want to marry, how many of you want to know the Word of God concerning the kind of man you should choose, or the kind of woman you should choose? How many of you want to know? Are you sure? Okay, I'll give you, because the word of, there's a word for everything, every decision, and marriage is a major decision that you also make in your life. So I'll give you that. I can't give you a lot of... 1 John. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. How many of you want to marry someone who loves you? You want to marry someone who truly loves you? Okay. This is what the Word of God says. If you are looking for Someone who loves you. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. If you want to find someone who loves you, that person is born of God and he knows God. Amen. Amen. I don't care how good he looks. I don't care how quiet he is. I don't care that he's a gentleman. I don't care that he opens the door for you. I don't care that he buys you flowers. I don't care that he remembers your birthday. I don't care that he is planning a big wedding for you. If you want to know that the man loves you, if you want to know that this man can love you and he says, I love you, the first question you ask him is, who is God? Who is God? He says, He says, everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He knows God. Anyone who says, I want to marry you, I will love you until death do as path. He said, I love you. I love you like coconut oil. I love you like. I, I, I love you. I, I will cross the oceans just to bring you all these things. The only question you ask him is, who is God? Who is God? Because verse 8 says, verse 8 says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Look, listen to me. There is no other love. There is no other love. It's not two kinds of loves. That is one love. If you are looking for love in relationship, it says, that love, it is God. Love does not come from flowers. Love does not come from car doors opening. Love does not come from a very cool guy. A very nice, cool guy. He doesn't talk much. It's not love. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It says that he that loveth not knoweth not God. So if someone, if someone does not know God, someone is not the born again Christian, someone does not know God, no matter how he's treating you, it is not love. No matter how he's treating you, it is not love. No matter how many gifts he buys you, it is not love. No matter how many times he takes you to the restaurant to eat, it is not love. Love is not Chinese food. Amen. Amen. Love is not eating at a restaurant. Love is not flowers. Love is not birthday cards. Amen. Love is not, he has a good job and he's responsible. That is not love. He says that, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Is that verse 9? He says, if this was manifested, the love of God towards us, if In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. But verse 7, verse 7, go back to verse 7. It says, let us love one another for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. If someone does not know God and he says he loves you, he's a liar. I am telling you, I'm your pastor. If the person comes to you and says, Who told you that I am a liar? I'm not, you say, my pastor told me. Bring the person to me. There is there is no other love. There is no other love. Love is of God. God is love. If someone says I love you, he should know God, he should be born of God. If there is no God in the person, there is no love in the person. Then what the person is seeing, what the person is being attracted to, is not love, but it is lust. It is lust. Amen. Amen. And the last scripture before we close is how how, how many of you also want to know that this person is loving me, my husband is really loving me. How many of you want to know? If you marry, you want to know that he's loving you. You want to know? Okay, I'll show you. How many of you can understand that if, you know, you will marry a husband that is always buying you flowers? He's taking you out to eat. You know, he helps clean the house. He sleeps with you whenever you are ready. He buys you every time he's coming from work, he has something nice to give you. He brings you chocolate. How many of you can say that this, this is, this is, come on, no, no, seriously. Some of you women, you don't like this kind of treatment. You will say that the man loves me. The man knows your shoe size. She knows your dress. Every year you increase a little bit. She knows the new size. Every, t- she knows all your, every colors. It's a one husband. Be honest. You will say that the man loves me. Angelina, that is not what we will say. If a man is like that. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 25. It says, Husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Amen. Husbands, this is the God who created man. And he says that this is how the man should love the wife. If the man is loving you just as Christ loved the church, then you can say that the man loves me. The man loves me is not in he buys me flowers. So if I say, If I say that men, all the men, hold your iPad in church as Bill holds his iPad. What is the next question that you are going to ask? One. You would like to know who is Bill. Isn't that so? And then when you find Bill, what is the next thing that you are going to look for? How does Bill hold his iPad when he's in church? How does Bill hold his iPad when he's in church? So if the one who created the man is saying, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, the first thing you should ask if the man knows Christ. Do you know Christ? Because if you don't know Christ, you're never going to know how to love a man, a woman. If the man does not know Christ, you are never going to know how to love the man, the, the woman. Isn't that so? If you don't know Bill, you will never know how to hold your iPad like Bill. If you don't know Christ, you cannot love a woman. You cannot love a wife like Christ, like the way you're supposed to. Because the instructions for how to love your wife is not buy more flowers. And take her out to eat frequently. It's not just cleaning the house. Those are additions. Don't you think Christ will like the house clean? Don't you think Christ will like flowers in his church? So now that the man knows Christ, the man says, I am born again, I know Christ. The next thing that you are going to look for is, is the man treating you just as Christ treats the church. Amen. Amen. So the man is going to love you just as Christ treats the church. How does Christ treat the church? Do we come sometimes and Jesus says, I'm not going to be here? I'm asking a question. Do we come sometimes and Jesus says, today I'm going to work. I cannot cannot be here. Today I'm busy. I am tired. I cannot be here. You are on your own today. Holy Spirit, let's go. Let them be. Is that, is that how Christ treated the church? It says husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If you are finding a man who doesn't care about the church, who doesn't come, just as Christ treated the church. He's not treating the church like that. He's not following Christ in that direction. His attitude towards the church is whenever I come. That man is not the right choice. You have chosen that man in darkness. I'm telling you. You need to pray for him. You need to pray for him. You need to pray for him. You You have chosen that. I didn't write the Bible. Don't blame me. I didn't write the Bible. I will end the message. You are looking at me as if I wrote the Bible. Amen. Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. And gave Himself for it. He gave Himself for the church. He gave Himself for the church. He he is not. he, He doesn't come because he's tired. Christ will give Himself for it. Christ will be tired and he will be here. Christ will be sleepy and he will be here. Christ had worked all night and he will be here. He gave Himself for it. He will do anything for the church. That is how you know that the husband loves you. When he's relating to you, when he's relating to the church, just as Christ relates to his church. Wow. I hope somebody's understanding the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So this, oh, my, my husband doesn't buy me flowers. You know, my, I don't think my husband loves me. Because he doesn't, your husband is actively treating the church just as Christ treating the church. And you say he didn't buy you flowers so he doesn't love you. He's loving you very well. He's loving you. He's loving you. You don't like the message. You don't like the message. You don't like the message. I'm reading the I'm reading the Bible. Do we see? Do we see? My husband, my husband, loved me by buying me flowers. Look, let me tell you something. If you are going to treat, if you are going to treat your wife, just as Christ treated the church, you see. Don't get me wrong. You will buy your wife flowers. Are there no flowers in the church? Are they not beautiful? Is the carpet not laid here nicely? Don't you like our decoration here? it not beautiful? You will beautify your wife. You will beautify your wife. You will beautify your wife. A husband that loves the wife, he will beautify the wife. Verse 26. Verse 26. It says that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. A husband that does not know the word of God, he cannot love you. A husband, he can't quote one scripture. He doesn't know any word. He can't love you. Look, I am teaching you something seriously. You see, a lot of you, you don't take the word as a light for your life and you go into all sorts of things and you make mistakes and you are unhappy. One of the things I'm doing is I'm delivering myself from the future counseling, time, time, time of counseling. Because I know that if I get this into your head, you'll be a happier wife, you'll be a happier husband, you'll be a happier couple, you'll have a happier marriage. And at the end of the service, the pastor can hold shepherds meetings. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, you will cleanse you, he said, and cleanse the, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The husband should cleanse you by the word of God. The husband should know the word of God. You will cleanse the wife. And then he says, verse 27, he says, that he might present it to himself. The husband picks the woman and presents it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spots or wrinkles. It is the husband's duty to make sure that the woman has no wrinkles. It is the husband's duty. This is how Christ does not like the church to have wrinkles and spots. You don't understand the word of God. Christ does does not want the church to have wrinkles and spots. Some of you, because of you, our wife has so many wrinkled spots all over the place. You should, you should, you should, you should, you should make her as Christ will want the church. As Christ will light the church. Without wrinkles, without spots. You don't know Christ. How you, you don't have a word in you. How are you going to wash her by the word? It says, present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkles or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. No blemish. Beautiful. The husband should ensure that your wife's hair is done nicely. That she has a nice something on. That it's winter, she's wearing something nice to cover herself. It is your response. You see, because God is wise. Because if you don't do that, you will look for it somewhere else. You will look for it somewhere else. Come isn't it so? You will look for it somewhere else. But present it to yourself. Present it to yourself. A glorious church. Present it to yourself. Christ presents the church to himself. A glorious church. That is why we teach you. We teach you and teach you and teach you. By the washing of the word, you are becoming glorious as a church. And the husband should. He said, God is relating this relationship of Christ with the church just as the husband with the wife. So you have to understand the analogy. Your wife does not. You marry the wife. You brought her home. She doesn't know how to cook. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. Just encourage her. Give her tips. The things you like. Give her tips. You say, this kind of carbohydrates kind of diet, it's not mine. This kind, little by little, every now and then you, you come and then you say, I saw this recipe. You want to try it? And then she tries it. It's not good. But you say, wow, it's coming along. <laughs> it's coming along. She's trying. You know that the food, even when you enter the house, there's smell alone in the house. It was not good, but you are eating it. And you say, you are trying. You are trying. You are trying. You say, mm, I like it. I think that it's missing this. You know, some, next time, try this. Maybe next time you can take a little bit of this out. Try. It. And you say, you are washing her. You are watch, encouraging her. In the end, you are going to present her to yourself a glorious woman, a glorious church. A glorious church. You see that her cooking is without blemish. You see that when you step in there, you bring guests in the home. They smell the Oh, wow. They have come a the place. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Our time is far spent. Our time is far spent. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God has so many things to say to you. When you are down, God has something to tell you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So we will end here. And then um, we will continue next time we meet. Um, put your hands together for the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. To your feet, Lord, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are thankful, we are grateful, oh God. We thank you, Lord, we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, Father. We give you thanks and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, Lord, we are grateful to you. Father, we thank you for your grace that has come upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that has come upon us. We're going to come before the Lord to receive communion. We're going to come before the Lord to receive communion. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, O Father, for what you have allowed us to share this afternoon. Heavenly Father, Let your word continue to minister to our hearts. Give us a heart that is hungry for your word. Father, let our hearts be hungry for your word to give us direction in all that we do. May we not group in darkness in the name of Jesus. May we not group in darkness in the name of Jesus. Before we come to the Lord's table, if there's anyone here with all eyes closed and every head bowed, You are not born again. You do not know Jesus. You do not know God. You do not have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But this afternoon, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior. You want to come before Jesus. You want to welcome Him into your life. If that is you, wherever you are, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If that is you, you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. But this afternoon, you want to welcome Jesus into your life. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus? Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you cleansed my sins by the power of your blood. Lord Jesus. I believe you rose again from the dead this afternoon I ask you to please forgive me of all my sins cleanse me from all unrighteousness please wash me from all my sins I welcome you into my life please write my name in the book of life thank you Jesus for saving me in Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. We, we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.